This is the Iowa State Athletics SciCast. Hi everybody, I'm John Walters. Today's SciCast is with Cyclone Radio Network analyst Eric Heff. We'll take a look at Iowa State's season to this point, identify some key things going forward, and we'll also take a peek ahead at basketball. Hope you'll enjoy our visit with Eric Heff. Well, Eric, you're an Ohio guy, and so are 13 members of Matt Campbell's staff, including himself, and eight of the Iowa State players. And, and in this area that Iowa State wants to continue to recruit, kind of a cool uh, weekend this weekend, I think. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, you look back, Iowa State does have a couple of bad memories from playing max teams in Ohio, especially at Toledo. Uh, but you know, it's a real opportunity. You know, it's, I think it's a great financial deal, the way it's all worked out. But from a recruiting standpoint, it wasn't even known at the time the series was put together how important it could be to, to Coach Campbell and his staff, especially with the number and quality of players they've been able to recruit from Ohio. So, so it's pretty cool. And I always like going to Akron, uh, the, the former rubber capital of the world, you know, soapbox derby. I saw the Rolling Stones at the, at the Rubber Bowl about <laughs> 40 years ago. So yeah, a lot of good memories for me as well. Well, among those players from Ohio is David Montgomery, and so he'll, I'm sure, have some friends and family there. But what a special start he's had to this season. Well, a great person, great player. I think I go back to my old basketball coach, uh, Maury John. He always said just he's the kind of guy that just would not be denied. And when confronted in pretty tough situations, uh, never count him out. I mean, I, I know the touchdown run last week. It was very impressive. Of course, he get face mask. Uh, and then he actually gets stopped and knocked back about a half a yard. And with two guys, including a couple pretty good, pretty good players, and you think, well, that's a great run. He's down to the one. And he's like, nope, not done yet. I'm going. And that was, that was fantastic. What a great play. But I almost go back to one of the runs he had against UNI is more impressive. He, he, about eight tackles he broke for an 11-yard run that really spurred Iowa State. As much as anything, put Iowa State over the hump in that game against the Panthers. Well, it's, it's a little bit of everything with him. I mean, he, he has vision. He has hips. He has uh, make-you-miss ability. He can run you over. I mean, and, and the best part about him, though, is just his want to. Innate toughness, to yeah. be sure. And, you know, as a quarterback in high school, he can sling it, too. So we may see that at some point in the season. Kind of looking forward to that as well. But he's a guy that, you know, some guys are good players, uh, but they don't force your opponent to game plan around. He's one of those guys that they, they have to really pay special attention to, which, given all the other options Iowa State has on offense, I think it, it is a tremendous value. Talk about some of those other offensive weapons. What else are you seeing from the offense through two games? Well, first thing, I mean, obviously you talk about Alan Lazard. I mean, what a tremendous player. Uh, some great clutch catches, touchdowns. I mean, blocking the whole package there. Uh, but I've been obviously really impressed with Hakeem Butler. I mean, I know he had a, a couple of drops, but, man, he made some great plays as well. And, and how he has progressed over the past year from a guy who hands were, you know, maybe not the best – to where he is right now is tremendous. I expect to see that that kind of thing continue. But he's another guy that I'm sure gives defensive coordinators uh, sleepless nights because he has that ability. We haven't seen much of Chase Allen yet. I think we're going to, uh, but another big receiver. You know, Trevor Ryan has been Trevor Ryan and Deshante Jones. We haven't seen a lot of him. We've seen him a lot on the field, but not not targeted that often. We know he's a big play waiting to happen too. So, and then Matt Eaton, with I thought, gave Iowa State that other dimension, another you know six four receiver who can stretch the field and and become a really big target. Really happy for Jacob Park what he's been able to do as well. 
there's still a learning curve for him. I mean, he hasn't played that many Division One football games, and now it's been really dumped on him. And I say dumped. I mean, he's been begging for it, and now he has that opportunity. I think it's, it, he, he's done really well. I expect him to continue to get better, maybe make the reads a little sooner. But I think for the most part, his decision-making has been pretty doggone good given his experience. I don't think there's any question about his arm strength and his accuracy. And he gets the ball out quickly, and that offensive line is giving him some protection. What are you seeing up front? Do you, do you see the kind of growth? We saw that offensive line get better and better as last year went on. Do you think we'll see something similar but at a better starting point this year? That was the first thing I was going to say. Uh, they're starting from a much better spot. I mean, given the experience they had, just the time together, and, and getting Jake Campos back, I don't think you can overstate that. But Julian Good-Jones, I think, is going to be you know, one of the top centers in the, in the conference before he's all said and done, maybe the country. He's got really good athleticism, and he's got some toughness to him as well. The guys are really coming around. Tom Manning has been able to really make a lemonade out of some lemons in the past. He had that situation a couple years ago at Toledo. No starters returning and, and hardly allowed a sack the entire season. So he knows what he's doing. He's a great developer of talent. One of the great stories, though, Josh Kniffel from Hampton comes in, not here for spring ball, gets here in the summer, and, man, proves his worth. I mean, he's a guy that actually, age-wise, would be like a redshirt freshman. So he kind of he played one year at junior college, but that was right out of high school. So. He's got room to grow, but he's playing great football, too. And that's, I think, uh, Iowa State's success and their ability to get to six or seven wins will depend a lot on that continued growth of that offensive line. Where do you want to see the defense grow the most? Oh, you know, I, I think tackling, number one. And I think one of the things early in the season, especially with all the contact rules in practice, tackling is an issue for a lot of teams at this point in the season. They haven't had that much live action. And you factor in a guy like Joel Lanning, you know, who was trying to not be tackled you know, last year and for his almost entire career, and now he's the guy tackling. Uh, I look for Joel to continue to ramp up. And I, I've been really pleased with what he's done so far. Uh, but I think tackling and just being comfortable together. The next thing I want to see, more guys playing. And, and we've heard Matt talk about that and the coaches. It's like too many snaps for the starters. And this is a team with improved depth, uh, but some of those guys that are pushing to get playing time, they've got to make sure they take that step and the coaches have to reward them. And I think we're going to see that. But I think defensively, one of the things I've loved the most is the physical presence of the defensive front. You know, between Ray Lima, Vernell Trent, you know, Iwazurike, Tongamoa, those guys have really stood up against a couple of good offensive lines, and they have been dominant. Teams have not been running between the tackles, and you give those guys a ton of credit for that. So that's a thing, uh, area where Iowa State has struggled over the past lifetime. Is that is that going back too far? <laughs> I mean, there have been some good ones over the years, you know, but it's not been a consistent area of strength. And when you think of Iowa State football, that's not one of the first things that pops into your head. I think, especially with the youth of, you know, Uwazarike, uh, Lima, just a sophomore, Jamal Johnson as he gets healthy, and guys they have that are redshirting this year, I think it's going to become a strength. And, man, if you want to win a lot of college football games, you, you've got to be good in the D-line. And I think Iowa State is trending great in that area. I think, you know, one of the big things in the Iowa game, Kamari Cotton-Moy getting hurt. Hopefully he can return healthy uh, sooner rather than later because his experience, and especially as a guy – who can be that extra guy in the box, who, who's a great tackler uh, and a finisher as a tackler. I mean, that's been big. That was big, I think, in the Iowa game, maybe as big as any single thing. You know, look back at the last really three years, and Iowa State has 
not been able to finish some games. And they have been in a position to win a lot of games that they haven't been able to quite get over the hump. And we saw that again against Iowa in a little different fashion. But what's going to be the thing that gets Iowa State over the top in some of those close games? Well, I think you go back to last year and – more than anything else, you're talking about the Oklahoma State and Baylor. Iowa State had laid it on the line, once again, without a lot of depth. And they were playing two teams with superior talent. When it came time to the end, of the, it was close to the end of the game, they had another gear to go to. Iowa State was already flat out and maybe flat out tired a little bit. So from that standpoint, it wasn't as disappointing to me. I was impressed that they were in those games. Uh, sure, you want to finish them. Saturday, maybe a little bit different. I didn't have the same feeling I had in those other games. And why? Number one, Iowa State was faced with adversity multiple times, as was Iowa, and then both teams responded. But Iowa State's down 21-10 in the third quarter. I've seen bad endings uh, from there on out. Iowa State responds, they score three touchdowns. And then after the pick, Iowa had a chance to take the lead instead. You know, first and goal at the five, they kick a field goal from the five. So, I mean, great response right there. I think this team's ready. What do they need more than anything else? They need to win one of those games. Somebody needs to make one more play. And sometimes you look to your leaders, you might be surprised who ends up making the play, but those guys have to have that confidence. And you can't fake confidence. You either have it or you don't. And I think you get confidence by finding a way to win a game. Iowa State's good enough right now to win one of those games. I think once that happens, I, I think you, you, you're on the right side of the hump at that point. Yeah, get that uh, snowball rolling in the opposite direction. Speaking of snowballs, uh, basketball, men's basketball, has been to six consecutive NCAA tournaments. Obviously, that's going to be put to the test this year with a very young team. But I'm not one of those naysayers who thinks there's no chance of Iowa State having success this year, that it's going to be a rebuilding year for sure. I think there's going to be some rebuilding. But at the same time, I think this team can have some success along the way. You know, they – in the 70s, they talked about they kind of came up with the reloading thing. And, and Iowa State's kind of reloaded. Now we'll see how good some of these guys are and how ready to play they are. But I love the mix of talent uh, that they've been able to bring in this year. Uh, uh, number one, obviously, Lindell Wigginton, tremendous point guard, uh, a guy who can play, get to the basket. Uh, Terrence Lewis, another guy. But they've also blended in some other guys, too. You've got a guy like Cameron Lark who's coming off a redshirt half season or a redshirt season. You know, he gives them some size they really haven't had in the middle. You know, Solomon's ready to take another step as well. So you you have more size on this group, and you throw you throw in the Princeton transfer uh, hands, uh, and he gives you a stretch four or five that changes how teams have to play. And Zoran Talley is another guy who can who can score. He can get to the basket. He's a ferocious rebounder and defender. Uh, some really nice pieces. Challenge I think early on for Iowa State is going to be finding the right fits for those pieces at the right time. You know, how the chemistry comes together, how the coaches are able to sell the players and the players buy into what their role is going to be and find out what those roles actually are because I think that's, that's going to, I think there's talent there. There's a lot of talent in the Big 12, so it's going to be tough. But I, I, I would be surprised if by the 1st of February this isn't a very good basketball team. We'll see, can they play well enough in the first couple of months of the season so they're relevant when it comes to NCAA tournament talk. How do you think Coach Prohm's personality will blend with uh, a group that's got a lot of different pieces as he tries to mold them together? We saw him inherit a, a veteran team his first year. Last year was a little bit different. This year's completely different. But it seems like his personality kind of transcends all that. What, what, what do you think his personality will accomplish with this group? 
Well, if you don't like Steve Prohm, you don't like people. You know, and if you got a guy like that on your team, you probably already have you probably already have a pretty big problem. So it's as much going to be defining, you know, what everybody can do, yeah. and finding way, finding ways to make that work. But I don't I don't see the personality issue from a coaching standpoint. Uh, they got a great staff, staff that has great relationship with the players. Uh, I think you look to the leadership of, of Donovan Jackson. Uh, it, and Nick Wilder-Babb and Solomon, the guys that have actually been here, uh, they've got to convince these other these new players coming in. This is how it ha this is how we have to work together. And I think they got some good leaders. Donovan, I know, is really relishing that opportunity to become an alpha male on this basketball team, and I think he'll be a great role model for a lot of these other guys. I think uh, they'll be successful if they can follow Donovan's lead. And how much have you seen of Lindell Wigginton, and what have been your early impressions of him? I've seen him on TV uh, several times. A guy that can get to the basket at will, can play with tenacity, strength. I mean, a lot of guys coming in as point guards are going to be guys that maybe are 100 and – like Monte was when he got here. Lindell comes in as a much more physically developed specimen. He's also played at a very high level. I mean, Oak Hill – they're as good as a lot of junior colleges, let's put it that way. And he's been in that environment for three years, so he has a better understanding. He doesn't know <laughs> what it's all going to be like, but he has a better understanding coming in than most. If he can, if he can be like Monte was, 35% three-point shooter, he's going to, it's going to be a tremendous challenge. But, but I think so many times for the freshmen, be it any of these other guys, could it be Terrence or any of them, the challenge is going to be, and more so for Lindell, because he's, his position at the point is, is so vital, and we don't have a ton of guys that are really going to be playmakers at the point. When he has an off night scoring, he still has to play well. Yeah. You know, and sometimes for young players, that's one of the biggest challenges that they face is having an off night scoring, uh, you know, and, and kind of go through the motions. Lindell, we can't afford to have Lindell have that attitude. I don't think he will, but it's a tough thing for a lot of freshmen. Hopefully his experience at Oak Hill will really help him uh, understand that because I, you know, the games I saw were all big games that he played, and he was great in every one of them, and he was great down the stretch in those games. So I, I think we have that in him, but it's asking a lot, but he's got some guys around him to really help. Well, I'm looking forward to basketball season, but I'm also uh, really excited about the rest of this football season and hoping that that stretches well into uh, December or even January too. Oh, no question. I, I love being around these guys. I, Coach Campbell, his staff, they get it. And they're the fit for Iowa State. I know I felt that way at times before, but, man, I'm, I'd just be shocked if this football program doesn't continue to take not just baby steps, but major strides over this year and in the, in the coming couple of years.